Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Happy Monday, folks. We're back. It's Dio and Dave on the Outside Podcast. We are six days out from Super Bowl 57. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs going to be a great one. Uh, we have to talk about Sixers basketball, however, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you see things. They went two and one over the past seven days or two and two, and then they just had that horrific, horrible loss to the New York Knicks yesterday on national television. Dave, how how upset are you? How how done are you with the Sixers being embarrassed on national television? I'm kind of done with it. I'm kind of over it. Can we just not have that happen ever again? Done with getting embarrassed on national television? Yes. Yes. Very, very done with it. Um, I mean, even on, even on local television, I guess. But, like, yesterday's game was on national television, so I kind of had to preface the national there. It, I think Maxie wasn't back in the lineup yet, and it was James Harden's first game back from a long absence but I do think of that Houston game at Houston that went to overtime. That was pretty bad. Um, but other than that one, I think that the Orlando loss and the Knicks loss are the the worst. I'll, I'll add in that one. I think the last two losses of the year are the two worst losses of the year. Yeah, because that Orlando, that Orlando loss was bad. That was just bad. Yeah, because you have Maxi was in. Harden was back and healthy. He wasn't like just ramping up or acclimating. Embiid was out there. You have a 21-point lead at home against Orlando, and you just kind of look like garbage. And then against the Knicks, uh, I mean, basically Tom Thibodeau carved circles around his former uh, head coach. Yeah. (laughs) Which I I prefaced it before we started the podcast, and I told you I was going to hold comments until we get started recording. Listen. We all know how upset, how pissed off we are at Doc Rivers sometimes. Can we just always assume that we always have something negative to say about Doc Rivers and everybody can just kind of fill in the blanks where they want? <laughs> yeah, it was it was especially rough. Um, the Sixers starters built up a t- quick 20-point lead. I think it was 35-15. The all bench unit comes in, oh, and bench. within the span of three minutes, I think the Sixers were winning thirty five, thirty two. So it was, uh. it was just completely unnecessary self limiting uh, rotations, and it's the same stuff that we could have predicted as soon as they signed a guy like Montrez Harrell. Uh, we we could have said like you know as the playoffs start to get closer. He's he's not necessarily the guy you want out there. He's going to help you win this this game or that game, but at this time of year, you should be beginning to rehearse your playoff lineups, and it doesn't seem like 
the Sixers are doing that, which is funny because you hear the justification for doing for tethering Harden and Embiid's minutes so much together. Well, we want to right. practice. We're going to play them a ton during the playoffs, so we want to maximize the number of minutes, and that means playing some of these bench units. But then the flip side of that is that doesn't help you in the regular season, and it's not what you're going to do in the playoffs. So you're kind of 0 for 2 on those two crucial win the one seed and rehearse what you're going to do in the playoffs. Sixers aren't hitting on either of those with what they're currently doing. And I swear I post the same uh, gift to Twitter every time I see an all bench lineup. It's just the it's just the Simpsons clip of Sideshow Bob stepping on all the rakes. I was just like, how many times is Doc going to hit himself in the face with a rake this season? Like, come on, man. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy that it's this much of a thing. I mean, he he's in Philadelphia because he played Montrez Harrell too much in L.A. Right. And now he's playing Montrez too much four years three years later and it's the fourth year in a row that he's been making similar mistakes with his uh backup center and all bench lineup Uh, and apparently daryl morey is either unwilling or unable to to intervene and control that take control of that lineup card a little bit or play some money ball hardball and just trade a couple guys we have we might see that at this deadline i guess we'll see I actually saw that. I actually saw that tweet that you put out, and I almost laughed a little bit because I'm just like, you know what? If Daryl wanted to be a vindictive um, sob, he just walk up and just be like, okay, listen, I've traded Montreal Harrell. I've traded. Um, I've traded Montreal Harrell. I've traded away, like, w- whatever. It's it's just it's just it's just Harrell at this point. Because I can't say we traded away Harold, we traded away PJ Tucker, because nobody's taking PJ Tucker's contract. So I'll just say, listen, I traded away Montreal Harold. You have to play someone else at backup center. You have to, because I can't. I the fans are not going to allow for this crap anymore. And it's tough to put it all on Trez. I mean, Ben Dietrich pointed this out on Twitter. When Harden has been out there with Trez, the bench unit has been pretty good. And Shake Milton is a pretty good bench player, and George Niang is a pretty good bench player, and Tyrese Maxey is a very good player who probably shouldn't even be on the bench. It's just when you – and Matisse Seibel is a good player who helps the team win when he's in certain lineups. But when you put all five of them out there, they can't even compete with the New York Knicks or Orlando Magic. So why do you have to play all five of them at the same time? Right. It's beyond me. Doc's clearly not going to change. So it's just a matter of if the organization is okay with it. And so far, we have to assume they are. All right. So let's shift gears a little bit because there was some news out of Brooklyn uh, where you're pretty close to. We've talked about this on the podcast before. I, uh, Dave is our inside man in the uh, Nets organization. So I, I get to <laughs> far from I, it. <laughs> I get the I get the juicy tea from him whenever I can. Uh, Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks. Kyrie requested a trade. He got it like 36 hours later. And okay, that's that's one contender for the Eastern Conference Finals I don't really have to worry about because the Nets were rolling even when Durant was down. They had a nice little streak going there. And I looked at it, I was like, all right, Brooklyn is treading water or even like gaining ground on the top three seeds and this is without durant durant's gonna come back 
And lo and behold, Christ Almighty, they're the two seed. What the hell? But now I'm looking at it and I'm like, uh, are, are the, I, I'm not going to say that they're like playing, but I, I don't think they're a top four seed anymore. Do you? Uh, it's really tough to say because I don't get the sense that they're done. I mean, they're already connected now by, I think, Jake Fisher with Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. So yeah, before, before we before we take our lap that Ding Dong and the Nets are dead, I think we should see what, what they've got planned. They've now got the Sixers 2027 20, one through eight protected pick. That's okay. That's not terrible. It's not great. Um, it's an asset. They've, yeah, they've got an unprotected Mavs 2029, I believe. That's pretty juicy. Um, I can't do the math in my head that quick. I don't know how old Luca is, but I think some team would, would take the gamble on a pick like that. And, uh, you know, so they have a few assets to play with, and they'll be looking to make change. They're clearly trying to, like, retool. I think Spencer Dinwiddie was connected to the Toronto Raptors, so – if they're already looking to flip him, they obviously want some two-way wing talent, uh, you know, modeling the Boston Celtics who tried out Tatum, Brown, and Smart. Both guys played both ends of the floor and make for a very formidable team. They want to put that around KD. It's not right. a terrible idea. So it, it looks to me like for now they're trying to continue to sell KD on contending and hope he's content to stay beyond the season. With? Kyrie getting his trade and we don't know what the heck is going to happen with Durant and it's like does Kevin come back look at this roster and he's like all right you know what I, Kyrie's not here and I don't like what you did even with everything post Kyrie trade you know what? I, I I'm out like can can you work something out in the next in the next like 48 hours 72 48, 72 hours. Like, I don't know if that's possible. It's a little like, uh, I'm sure teams are calling about Durant, but if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm really starting to panic right now. Like the post Kyrie moves have to be on point. Otherwise Durant is walking. If not this trade down the line, but definitely awesome. Yeah. I think we got our clue as to how KD felt about it all back in July the day or two after they couldn't lock up Irving for a long-term deal that he wanted, KD asks out. And so they ignored it. They hoped it would go away and winning 18 out of 20 games for a minute, it looked like it did, but then the Nets tried to work something out with Irving in the two years, 78 million range with stipulations or whatever it was. And that insulted him. So you got to think, KD wanted originally James Harden and Kyrie Irving inked for four years each in Brooklyn, and now he's got neither of them. It's not uh, surprising he might have a wandering eye. You're already hearing these rumors that maybe the Boston Celtics could get involved here. People are keeping an eye on the fact that Jalen Brown is not playing tonight. I could tell you yeah. that the Nets the Nets went from plus 550 to winning on DraftKings, which was like the second or third best odds in the entire league all the way down to plus 1,400 with Irving's request. Then yesterday they were plus 2,500, and, and now they're plus 2,000. So Vegas is saying like, okay, we thought that they might just fully rebuild, but now we kind of think they're going to try this needle thread thing. So, <laughs> and, yeah. and here's the thing about Kyrie, and I am just flabbergasted when, you know, teams keep trying to, you know, 
we're we're the team that can fix Kyrie. Okay, you posted this in your um opinion piece. The Sixers needed to call uh Brooklyn for everybody. So uh if if you hold on one second, I'll give you the opportunity to advocate for trading for Kevin Durant again. Um, but 2017 forces a trade from a team with LeBron near his peak. 2018 gets hurt for like the fifth time in his career. 2019 quits on a young Boston team and leaves. 2020 gets hurt again. 2021 gets hurt again and refuses to get vaccinated so he can play. And now this year wants a five-year max. I'm sorry if I'm an owner or I'm a general manager, I see that track record prior to 2022. I'm not giving you a five-year max because I can't count on you. I think Mark Cuban looked at it like he abandoned LeBron, he abandoned the Celtics, he abandoned the Nets, but he's one for three getting a title in those. And if everyone was healthy in 2021, that would have been probably two titles with the Nets. So if with health, they might have won two championships in three of his quote unquote disaster stints. That's a risk that I might be willing to take when my status quo is squandering Luka Doncic's prime. Let me roll the dice. You hear him talk about taking calculated gambles on Shark Tank all the time. So I guess that's his POV here. And if you're looking at Dallas, if you're looking at that situation, all right, cool. Uh, Kyrie's here. We may not be able to lock him up long term. We can pair him up with Luka and see what happens in the playoffs. And if it doesn't work out, we don't like where it's going. Uh, does he have a player option or is he just a, is he a UFA in the offseason? Because if so, that's. 30 that's 39 million off the books christian wood is another 14 dwight powell is another 11 like they can they can do some things in the offseason if they want to if this Kyrie thing doesn't work out yeah i don't think that they are you know excited about the cap space if it didn't work out i think right I, i'm first, just saying like devil's advocate yeah dinwiddie would have been someone that they might have liked to re-sign for a more team-friendly deal moving forward, had money was non-guaranteed. And DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith, was seen as one of the best values in the entire NBA, inked for around 12 to $14 million over the next handful of years. So I think they would be – they would have to look at it all as a loss. I mean, going even going back to not being able to lock up Jalen Brunson uh, and then turning right. to a deal like this and, and not wanting to sign Kyrie – for for whatever reason that became their decision or even worse from their eyes they want to sign him but they cannot and he leaves either way that that would be uh something that's not ideal for Mavericks fans unless you just don't like rooting for Kyrie which is totally respectful and understandable too he's not the most likable player by any stretch so I think I think the plan here is that it's going to work out and then they're happy to pay him and from Kyrie's eyes it was well, if you guys are not going to give me more than a two-year, $80 million deal here, I could go get a $40 million per year for four-year deal somewhere else. And as J.J. Reddick pointed out on that Nick Sixers game live, from the player's POV, he's getting a lot more money if uh, indeed Cuban maxes him. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back a little more Brooklyn talk with regards to the Sixers. I challenged, I asked Dave to like, if the Nets are really trying to blow everything up because, you know, they don't know if they can keep Durant happy. I said, Dave, uh, come up with some good fake Sixers Nets trades and uh, let, let's see what happens. Let's see what we can come up with. So we're going to do that after the break. Out of sight podcast back after these words. 
Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. This is the Outside Podcast. It's Adio and Dave here on the podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Uh, before the break, we went into uh, the depths of the situation in Brooklyn with Kyrie requesting a trade, getting his trade to the Dallas Mavericks. And Dave wrote a piece about uh, the Sixers needing to call the Nets about Kevin Durant, Seth Curry, and, well, now not Kyrie Irving because he's been shipped elsewhere. And I got to be honest, if they had traded for Kyrie Irving, I would have I would have just found where you are and just like burn you to the ground. <laughs> like, why would you even suggest that? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, I looked around and I was playing with the trade machine as one does around this time of year. It's, it's very it's, it's a very busy website this time of year. Almost crashed only twice today. Um I don't know if you came up with anything and I'll let you I'll let you go after me. The only thing that I could come up with, because I'm not trading Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey for Kevin Durant. I like where this team is with those two. If Kevin is like, all right, screw it, trade me to Philadelphia and let me win a title with uh Joel and James, fine. I'll swallow it during the parade, whatever. The one I came up with. And this ties into some news that came out today. Furkan Korkmaz wants a trade. Much to the chagrin of my property on Korkmaz Island. Sorry, <laughs> I might just have to sell the property outright. But I'm taking Korkmaz, House, and Shake Milton. I'm sending him to Brooklyn. I'm getting Seth Curry back here. Yeah, I don't think that they would have much interest in that. But maybe some filler draft picks. I don't know if they have like I don't even know if they have like seconds left anyway. They've got one good second, but the Nets are trying to win the championship and convince Kevin Durant to stay. Basically getting Shake Milton, who's not as good as Seth Curry and not as valuable to the Nets. Uh it's kind of a laughable proposition for them at this point. I don't think they'd have even a roster spot for Corkmaz next season that they would like to pay. So so um, with draft picks, with draft picks, this deal is only intriguing if Durant gets traded first. If Steph, if Seth Curry went to them and said, "There's too much upheaval here. I am going to leave you in free agency," right, I'm definitely not resigning. Then it would give them at least consideration to trade him. You still okay. might say, "You know what? No, you're we'll worth just ride it. it out." You're, yeah, the risk of losing you when we can still try to pay you and keep you isn't high because the stakes are so big. If we don't do this right and Kevin Durant says, I demand a trade, we're big losers. So we might just keep you even though you're going to leave us hoping that it makes him have more fun and a better title run. But if they at least considered it and you said – Matisse Thibel and Daniel House and a second round pick and they could turn around and use that second round pick to go target someone else. Okay. Maybe that, you know, that's the kind of thing that they might consider. If they said, if they insisted upon Niang instead of Matisse, maybe they would consider that because they're 
filling their need for a shooter and getting the pick. And then they can keep Niang longer term. I don't know. That's the kind of thing that might appeal to them more than, you know, the poo-poo platter you started with. But I, I, this is, it's hard to pull deals together with these two teams. I tried to get Joe Harris here. I tried to get TJ Warren here. I even tried to get Patty Mills here. It just, it was not working salary cap wise. Yeah. The problem is that they want to win it. You know, if they were rebuilding, this would all be easier. But right. because they're still eyeing contending, it just you need those magical situations like we had where Ben doesn't want to be here and James doesn't want to be there. And now it all makes sense. We can start talking. Otherwise, you're better off calling a team like maybe the Spurs or the Jazz. Can I, can we just can we just do uh can <laughs> can I just do uh Trez for TJ Warren straight up? Let's just do it. I've wanted TJ Warren on this team for like three years now. Can we just get this done? Trez for his like two million dollars, but also a negative trade value is, is uh that's when you're down bad. I know, I know. People are listening to this podcast is like, what the f is this kid talking about? He has no <laughs> idea how to build trades. Yeah, you're right. I probably don't because, like I said, it's all it's impossible to build half decent win win trades with these two teams. Also, I mean. The Brooklyn Nets, they've already been pantsed by Daryl Morey already, so I don't know if they're really wanting to do that again. Yeah, they might feel like they got a lemon in Ben Simmons who just hasn't been healthy in the Nets uniform. Uh, Royce O'Neal, you mentioned him. He's an interesting guy. I don't think that they're interesting. Yeah, they don't have any interest in moving him if they want to win games, but if all of a sudden they don't, he is who they got for the Sixers' own 2023 pick, the one that they deferred the 2022 and allowed us to get Melton and they took the 2023 and traded it for O'Neal. The Sixers could put together two contracts like Corkmaz and Matisse and get in the ballpark for him for sure. If they were interested in that. Uh, in other trade news of uh, guys on the, uh, like Matisse Thibel is always, always seemingly in trade discussions like all which the time. is funny because keith pompey wrote that he's no longer untouchable and i'm like it's wait ridiculous don't they, don't they offer him every few months uh so it, it came out that the atlanta hawks are interested in matisse yeah kings warriors hawks are the the recent matisse sniffers so i i'm sorry atlanta uh there is virtually there's almost nothing on your team that i would trade for uh matisse Thibel. uh not even like the holiday brothers no way like there's nothing there that intrigues me about that about your roster and its construction uh sacramento for Thibel plus one or two pieces mm-hmm. you're looking at like Davian Mitchell or like Malik Monk. I'm like, no, nothing really, intru- nothing really throwing me there. What, what was the other, who was the other team? It was Warriors. Uh, Golden State. Uh, I mean, if we can somehow get Clay Thompson, that would be awesome. But no, I'm being, <laughs> I'll, I'll be realistic. I'll be realistic here. Yeah. Uh, the only one that you named who they, who might work would be Justin Holiday. But if you don't want him, then there's really there's really nothing on these three teams that I'm looking at. Um, so I think this if, would be more of a three way deal. Or each one is tricky. If Golden if Golden State was like, all right, we'll take all right, Thibel, 
And how how do you feel about Dante DiVincenzo? Like he can play where he went to college. I I, I wouldn't immediately hang up the phone, but I'd be like, all right, that's a decent start at least. Like let's let's sweeten the pot on your end a little bit more. Yeah, he's he's in the value matching and salary matching ballpark here for sure. If they if they did their film work on him and their analytics work on him and they said this is the win for us, um, then there you go. I, I always liked DiVincenzo when he played in Villanova. I thought he could have been really special in Milwaukee, but injuries kind of uh, took time away from that. And he's what are his nicknames? Delaware Jordan and the Big Ragu or something. The the Big Ragu. Uh, I I I I love the nickname White Dante. Like that's my favorite. Oh nice. Uh, <laughs> because I'm not even gonna explain why I'm not even gonna explain that nickname. So we'll just move on. <laughs> um. All right. More roster movement. Uh, Dave, is it possible that Center City might be coming back? Because because they. Jalil Okafor is back in the organization. He's playing for Delaware. I didn't think he would ever come back to this organization. Uh, guys like Daryl, they love Daryl Morey, apparently. And there's yeah. talk about the Sixers in the market for Nerlens. What? Explain yeah, imagine. This. Explain this to me. Imagine if we came full circle and had a glut at center. Well, we I guess technically we've always had a glut at center because there's always like four centers on this roster no matter what, right? And only one of them is de- and only one <laughs> of them is an all-star or like, you know, above replacement. Yeah, the uh the team just hasn't been able to fix this backup center thing and it is funny when everyone is They did fix it. They fixed it with Andre Drummond. They didn't re-sign him. God damn it. Well, he got traded for James, right? So that was necessary evil. Son of a... All right, yeah. But um, with Nerlens at 9.2 over two years, like, I don't... What, what's the trade package for that? Like, it would be I, like... Like we talked about, it would be like Matisse and, and Korkmaz kind of deal, maybe with a pick. But you'd have to feel confident that Noel is healthy. And yeah, I, I know my Knicks fans' friends can tell me you certainly can't be confident of that. I, I need the I need the medicals. I need those to be pristine or as close to pristine as possible before I even consider that. Yeah, the, I mean there was this was an ongoing saga because like they really downplayed what he was dealing with and it went on for months. It was like, "Oh, he's healthy to start last season. Oh, he's totally healthy." And then he just was out of the lineup and out of the lineup and out of the lineup and you didn't hear what the heck was going on until like months into the season and then he was in and out of the rotation. So, mm-hmm. you know, you'd need a clean bill of health for sure. But on paper, if healthy, he represents a guy who could give you some switching defensively, some rim protection, and catch some dunks from Harden on the lob. But when Embiid sits, some way to convince Doc to play James Harden when Joel and Embiid sits, that's what you got to be targeting. Because right now Doc's not doing it, and you saw it versus the Knicks. When Harden and Embiid sit, I mean – team just gets pummeled by bad teams is there a backup center that the sixers could pick up that would be like at least a slight net positive like i don't know anybody in the buyout market that would even be possible like the buyout market this season is going to be slim pickings yeah there were teams last year that were able to cobble together 
neutral or even positive plus minuses when they're superstar or star center. Like when Rudy Gobert would sit in Utah, they managed, they salvaged those minutes without having massive negatives with Donovan Mitchell and Hassan Whiteside, who's not even in the NBA right now. Right. So <laughs> yeah, if you have a guy like Harden, you, you should in theory be able to not lose those minutes. Um, but the team has been unwilling to deploy James fully when Joe sits. And I, I don't really get it. I I don't understand like what I, I, I don't get it. It's, it's been a problem. It is a problem. It has it's been just doc. It's just what it's doc likes to do. He to likes be a problem. Yeah. stuff. And uh, you know, he, he plays his starting unit more than everyone else. And you can see why his starting unit is good, but all right. it's not really a recipe to win the title. Last and finally, uh, speaking of centers, Joel Embiid, James Harden, both not named All-Star Game starters. James Harden, I can kind of agree with, but Joel not being an All-Star starter is kind of a travesty. It's a, it's a mockery of a sham, of a travesty, the likes <laughs> of which we haven't seen in a while. Um, I wanted to ask you this. Do you think that gets into like the psyche of these players and it's just like, oh, I wasn't a starter, then you know what? I'm gonna like go out and I'm gonna ball out and improve myself, which is what we didn't want Joel to do at the start of the season anyway. And now he's gonna be playing the second half with this giant chip on his shoulder. He's gonna be really pissed off and it could be really good or it could be really bad because if it's really good, then hey, maybe he wins MVP. If it's really bad, oh no, we go into another playoff run with a not hundred percent Joel. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Joel came out and he smoked Jokic at home and he completely, he flipped the narrative of the MVP. He he cut his own odds from like eight to one to four to one to get MVP. And then after that game, he's kind of looked like he was just ready for the all-star break because he didn't look good against Orlando. He didn't look against Orlando again. And then he didn't look great against the Spurs or the Knicks. You know, he put up his numbers but that the Sixers went like two and two in these games with some like viral moments of him not even trying is just pretty weird. Harden, on the other hand, Harden was a similar story. Like he wrote that it's the disrespect on his Instagram. He wasn't even voted an all-star period. I mean, I think it's pretty right. unprecedented top seven on the MB, NBA Kia MVP ladder overall. And he's not even an all-star in his conference. He's leading the league in assists per game at this point. They hate the process. Uh, they just hate the damn process. That's what it is. We've been saying this all year. But I saw some people like betting on the games and saying, oh, he's going to really stick it to San Antonio. Oh, he's going to show Julius Randle who deserved to be an all-star. And instead, he looked like he was just really old and tired in the last couple games. Um, and if that's the case, if that's really what's going on and that's the story, then I, I think if you're Daryl, you at least have to pick up the phone and have the conversation like, look, you weren't an all-star starter. You weren't even an all-star, like, at all. Like, why don't, how how important is this game to you? Like, do you want to just go and, like, sit in civvies? But, yeah, if, if you want to take the – if you want to rest that, then that's cool. That's fine. What, what do you mean? Offer him to sit just out him, a few games? Just, no, just tell him, just like, listen, don't even – don't even – I know the all-star game is, like, inconsequential and like it's not like guys don't really go hard in the all-star game but yo just take the take that time off go hang with your son go hang with your family 
James party somewhere, but like come back rested. Like that's that's what I'm thinking. If I'm general manager, I'm doing that. I'm like, look, just just take that week and just relax. Period. Like get no your bas- head right. Get your head right. No basketball whatsoever. Just like have fun, friends, family, whatever. Yeah, well, Embiid will be there either way. Harden will not be there, and he'll probably be in Houston, I'm guessing, for a week, <laughs> well, unless, he, unless he goes somewhere tropical. More viral videos incoming from James Harden. <laughs> there, there might be, but uh, but yeah, this team looks, among the contenders, I'm not sure that there's a team that looks like they need a rest more than Philadelphia. Yeah, they look, they look more spent than some of these other teams, I will yeah. say that. I agree with that. Uh. That has been this week's Outside Podcast. At next week's podcast, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, we get to talk about uh, the, the Eagles' Super Bowl uh, victory. Last I checked on DraftKings, the birds are still favored by a point and a half. Seems small. Which is interesting. Like, uh, Mahomes is still kind of hobbled, so I'm like, um, he's not gonna be 100 percent. Kadarius tony last i checked wasn't practicing juju not practicing kelsey Nicole, has back spasms hardman is, is out but yeah they got, but they got edwards hilaire back there we go no i'm kidding <laughs> um yeah if he sees if he sees any snaps that's an advantage eagles <laughs> i i'm almost tempted to bet the alternate spread and take it up to six and a half and i think i saw uh, Eagles by six and a half, and I think that number was like plus two thirty five or something like that. I you mean, you mean bet the Eagles to cover the six and a half? Yeah, I, I oh, saw that, yeah. and I was just I like, like I just saw that, and I was like, oh, definitely see that for yeah, sure. I like that let's, plus two thirty five. Let's do that. I'll I'll double check the lines and I'll uh, I'll tweet it out for the people. But until next week, you wouldn't be able to rest comfortably because Patrick Mahomes is that good. No. But- no, that backdoor cover is going to be a little bastard, and I know he would. Yeah, but I, I, at this point, I'm looking at it like Eagles win somewhere around almost 70%. I, my my predicted score right now as it stands is 31-21. That's okay. Just, that's, that's where I am with it. And uh, I this is, this is my prop bet especial. Uh, take this if you want, but Miles Sanders, Super Bowl MVP, plus 2,500. That's where I'm going. Wow. Bold. Because... Kansas City's run defense is not good. Yeah, and... but they like to give it to Gainwell and, and Boston also. If Miles Sanders has like 115, 120 yards and like two touchdowns, like a, like some big healthy runs, like that's, that's Sanders all the way. Yeah, yeah you're right. But uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday, and if they win, you may or may not get pictures and video of me trying to climb poles or, like, septic terminals or whatever. The Empire State Building is going to be green, but I hope you don't climb that one. No, that's a little bit, that's a little bit too much altitude for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, uh, follow the site, libertyballers.com. Follow me on Twitter at Adobe Royster. You can follow Dave at David Early. Follow the website itself on Twitter at Liberty underscore ballers until next week. If anything really, really important comes down the pipeline during the trade deadline, we will be all over it on the site, libertyballers.com, all of our Twitter handles. So just keep an eye out for all of that. And uh, until next week, go birds, peace, love, and Sixers, everybody. (laughs) 